Church Sunday service. How are you doing? I'm so glad you're able to join us this evening for service. I'm so excited about today's subject, what we're looking at today. But don't forget, we're still looking at our global subject, the Faith Series. And we'll be looking at different, different subtopics and subsets of that, <laughs> you know, foundational doctrine of the church, faith. Today, we're looking at one that I think is really, 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 really interesting. You're going to love this one. And I'm trusting God that you're going to catch a revelation that will change and revolutionize your Christian life this evening. Now, growing up in church, I had a lot of preachers come and say that faith is a risk. And they will say, it is a greater risk not to walk in faith. And I'm like, hmm. And I thought about it. I'm like, hmm, hmm, makes sense. You know, when you want, when you trust God for something, you are really, really putting a lot of things at stake. You're putting your trust in the creator, this being. I think it's a risk. You know, my small mind, you know, agreed with them. And to be honest with you, I didn't really think about that, about faith being a risk any further than that. But recently, I started putting some thoughts into it. Because I started a journey for me personally, this year is about the seventh year. At about 2015 with the Lord, where he told me that he was going to take me on a journey that a lot of the things I think I know about God will change. And he really told me and advised me to not just take anything I hear on face value. I should go back, dig deep, study and know him for myself. So that journey began. So recently, I thought about this faith being a risk. And remember, I've been on the journey for seven years or thereabout. And I realized that faith in God is not a risk. And we're going to talk about that today. Sweet Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak to us this evening. Unveil your word to us. Let it come clean, clear, direct. Let it come simple. Tear the veil. Open our eyes. That we might know what your word says. Let our hearts be filled with faith. Let our hearts be filled with belief. Let's leave this evening from service pumped up knowing that you are able. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Tear thou every stronghold of our minds in the name of Jesus. Amen. Is faith a risk? Let's start from definitions. I went, looked at Oxford Advanced Learners Dictionary for the definition of risk. And according to the dictionary, it says it is the possibility of something bad happening at some time in the future. A situation that could be dangerous or have a bad result. I really want to take say it again and point out the key words in this definition. The possibility that something bad happening at some time in the future, it says a situation 
that could be dangerous or have a bad result. I don't know if you're getting it, but it's on the screen. So I want you to look at that definition well. We've done this study on faith for those that have joined us in this study of faith for the past few months. And see, with the Holy Ghost on your inside, forget your head knowledge or the things you've heard about God or the things you think you know about God in your head, in your heart, in your spirit. Ask the Holy Ghost with the knowledge of the word that you've looked at and have been pumped into your spirit and the revelation I believe that you've caught on faith these past few weeks. Look at the definition on your screen again and see if it aligns with faith. I'll give you a few seconds to do that. You know, what usually happens to us Christians is that we don't take time to pause and think. We don't take time to meditate on the Word of God. And so that knows that when we spend time meditating on God's Word, our eyes will truly open. So He makes us so busy. You know, Christians love <laughs> microwave messages that will excite them. Just give it to us quickly, doctor. Don't let us sit and, and take this in. Let it be fast. Let's just do it. Chop, chop. Let's go. <laughs> they want something snappy, fast, exciting, and that's it. Where if you truly read just one word from a verse and sit on one word on a verse, your life will change. Trust me. The risk, risk rather, is the possibility that something bad might happen. They say it is a situation that could be dangerous or have a bad result. Now you can let go of every other thing. You know, something bad happening, blah, blah, blah. When we actually walk in faith, that's not what we're expecting. But see where that ideology and that philosophy that faith is a risk comes in. Is that last part that you will have a bad result. In other words, that the thing you trust God for might not come. That the things you Trust God for that the results that might come if you walk in parenthesis in faith might not be the results that you want. So hence, they say faith is a risk. That means that they have added probability to faith. So they are saying that whenever you stand in faith, there is a chance that you might get what you trust God for, there is another chance that you might not get what you trust God for. So it's like throwing up a coin. There is a 50-50 chance that you get heads. There is a 50-50 chance that you get tails. So that's exactly how they see faith as. That's why they say that faith is a risk. I'm not going to do an introduction today because I don't want to rush this subject because this is another aspect of faith that has confused believers. Because when you have at the back of your mind that faith is a risk, you have already set up yourself to fail. This is one of the major reasons a lot of believers say they were in faith and they didn't get their results. You notice I am putting faith 
when I talk about it in this aspect, in quotes, because that is not truly faith. By the time we, are, we end up with this subtopic, you will see that it is not faith. That whatever you think you are functioning with or functioning in is not faith. It's not faith. I'm going to read one verse for you from the wisest man recorded in the Bible. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. A very popular scripture. And I'm reading from the King James Version. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And it says, in the next half of that verse, it says, Do not lean on your own understanding. The first half is as important as the second half. You just can't take the first half and ignore and neglect the second half. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Whilst trusting in God, he says, do it with all your heart. If they say, do it with some part of your heart, do it with a portion of your heart, he says, do it with what? All. All means all. When you put in your all into a venture, when you put in all your money and livelihood into an investment, you have absolutely nothing left. All is all. Probably use this word. When you invest your heart in faith, when you put your heart 100%, trusting God, believing God for something, you don't have any portion of your heart left that you can give to chance. So when you trust God with all your heart, guess what? You're all in. <laughs> Ask gamblers what it means to be all in. Whenever they are playing those cards, whatever it's called, poker, whatever, and they believe that they've gotten the right um, flush or whatever it's called, do you know what they usually do? So they get so confident in the cards that they have that they go all in. That means they put in all, they bet all that they have because they're confident <laughs> that they flush or whatever. I don't know what, I, I don't have to play poker, but you guys know, those that play poker, you know what I mean? That the cards they have, nobody else on that table can beat it. So they put faith in the combination of cards they have, then they do what? They go all in. It is the same with faith. When you put all your trust in God, you go all in. When you put all your trust in God, that is faith. And this is what I want to leave you this evening with. Faith is not partial trust in God. Faith is total trust in God. If you are not trusting God totally, you are not in faith. You are in chance. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. I'll say it again. Faith in God is 100%. It is going all in. Anytime you come to God and you don't go all in, you are not in faith. God knows this about man. That's why he said in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that it pleases God that when you come to him, you go all in. God is not pleased that you come to him and you withhold a little bit of your belief. God is not pleased that you come to him and you're a bit skeptical. 
You're not too sure about this beam. Can I trust him? You're still thinking. You're still between thoughts. God is not pleased. God is only pleased when you come to him all in. When you come to him knowing that he's the only one that can solve that problem. When you come to him knowing that you don't have any other idol. <laughs> that you are giving worship to apart from him. God is that jealous. God doesn't want us to be half-hearted with him. God wants us to be whole-hearted with him. It is the same with faith. When you trust God, he wants you to be all in. That's why he said that based on two immutable things, based on two unshakable things, based on two things that can never fail, the Bible says it is impossible for God to lie. God has given his word to you and he solidified it. He made it so authentic. He ensured that his word would not fail by two things or two ways. Those two ways is number one, the covenant. God cannot lie because of the covenant. God cannot lie, secondly, because of his word. The covenant and his word are the two unshakable things that makes it impossible for God to lie. When you have to the back of your mind and you come to God, you go all in. Knowing that his word will never fail. Knowing that his covenant will never be broken. If he has said it, he will do it. So because he has said it and he has secured it by two immutable things, you better go all in. You better go all in. You don't go half-heartedly. I'm an ex-banker, so I understand a little bit of banking. There is some sort of credit that we usually give in international trade. That if you are trying to import something from a different country, you're trying to buy some goods or other service from a different country, we give a guarantee. It's called a guarantee. And there are different kinds of guarantees. There's an irrevocable, you know, guarantee. There's plenty of them. What is a guarantee? A guarantee is an assurance that this person you're doing business with will fulfill the terms and the conditions of that business as regards the financial aspect of it. All right. I want to import this phone from China. What do I do? I call the company in China. Hey, I need a 10,000 pieces of an iPhone. The, the, the company says, okay, fine, we can deliver it. And they'll be like, how, how do we know that you have the funds to pay for it? So what happens is that my bank in the UK will contact the bank in China and tell them that XYZ company has the capacity to pay for 10,000 units of that phone to give you more courage to go ahead with this transaction we've informed bank ABC in Zurich now there's a third bank involved bank ABC in Switzerland 
bank ABC Switzerland will guarantee you that this transaction will be done. Do you know why Bank ABC in Switzerland will do that? Because Bank ABC Switzerland has some sort of confidence in bank, in the bank in the UK. Possibly they have notes they've exchanged, they have monies that they have together, or the bank in the UK have some deposits in the bank in Switzerland. So based on that deposit with the bank in Switzerland, the Switzerland bank, which is a third party, a neutral party, in this case, an intermediary, tells the Chinese bank, go ahead, ship the goods. If anything goes wrong, I will pay you. So because the Chinese bank knows the pedigree of the Switzerland bank, they go ahead, produce the phones and ship it. They've not received money, but they shipped it. Based on what? Because of the indemnity that they Switzerland Bank has agreed <laughs> or they've put on themselves as in if the bank in UK does not pay, they will pay. The Chinese bank tells the company, go ahead, ship the goods. You are covered. You are covered. And that's how international trade works. So when the goods come, we have other external inspectors, blah, 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 that will go when it arrives at the, at the port in here in the UK, they go check to make sure that whatever the company agreed upon, the kind of phone, the model, everything, was the exact thing that was shipped. When everything is checked and it's okay, money is now released. But it is the guarantee given by the bank that gave the Chinese company confidence to ship that word. This is exactly what God did for us here. He gave us a guarantee that he cannot lie based on two things. So his word and the covenant are the two things that back God up. So when God says, ship that good, go ahead and ship it. When God says, come to me, I will do this. You better believe it. When God says, this is done, you better believe it. Because there is heavy backup <laughs> that guarantees that God will not lie. When you understand this, going to God for anything, trusting God for anything, there is no risk factor. Immediately you put the risk factor as you approach God, you're no longer in faith. And once you are not in faith, what you trust God for will not come to you. Follow me this series. I'm going to show you exactly where the risk principle comes, but it is not in faith. I'll tell you where. So don't miss out in this entire series. It's going to be very interesting. This sub-series. I'll talk about it today. Talk about it on Tuesday. Hopefully, you will tie it up there. Or if it spills over, max, it won't get to next. It won't go beyond next Sunday. Hallelujah. Leaning on your own understanding is mitigating the full trust in God. So, whenever you start leaning on your own understanding, yes, Father, I trust you, but mm, let me try and mitigate this risk. In case it doesn't happen, in case this thing I'm trusting God for doesn't happen, what can I do to help myself? You see, that is where now this trying to help yourself comes in. Once you try to help yourself using your own understanding, you've started mitigating the risk. And once you start mitigating the risk, you are outside faith. You're no longer in faith. You are outside faith. 
What produces result is faith. It is not doubt. It is not fear. It is not unbelief. It is not worry. It is faith in God. This is the confidence. This is 100% confidence and assurance that we have in God. Now, whatsoever, whatsoever, 100% assurance and confidence. There are some people in the Bible that tried to mitigate <laughs> their faith in God. God gave him a word, told him this, this, this will happen. He was believing, but he was struggling in his belief. See, struggling to stand in faith is okay. We are humans. It's okay. That is why you must spend more time in getting God's word into your heart. Spend more time in knowing God for yourself. The more time you, 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 you give to these two things, remove struggle in faith. Because when you truly know God, you find out that struggling to believe Him becomes a thing of the past. Who am I talking about that tried to help himself? Abraham. God gave him a word that he will have a child. Not only will he have a child, that his child, that through him, a big nation that will be the most influential nation on the face of the earth will be born. It was a bit hard for Abraham to believe that. He struggled in faith. He, 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 kept, he constantly kept going in and out of faith until he got to a point he knew God for himself. Until he got to a point, God's word became so real to him. The Bible tells us in Romans that he stopped jumping in and out of faith. He stopped tiptoeing. I like the message translation. See, he stopped tiptoeing around God's promises. Rather, he was full of faith because he had full assurance in God. But before that point, he was jumping in and out of faith. He tried to mitigate the risk of trusting God. And he acted. Heaven does not help those that help themselves. Abraham tried to help himself. How did he try to help himself? He went in to his wife's maiden and they had a child. And Abraham said, oh, maybe this is how God <laughs> wanted to bless me. Maybe this is the way God <laughs> wanted to use to bless me. People don't really understand why I emphasize so much on hearing from God when it comes to taking corresponding actions. Because if you don't hear from God clearly, any action you take will be interpreted as the action God wants you to take. And this is exactly what Abraham did. He thought, oh, maybe this is the way the promised child will come. That through him, the nations that will influence the earth are going to come through him. And God clearly told him, no, this is not it. God will never sponsor the flesh. Romans tells us that, that Abraham walked by the flesh. <laughs> then a child born of the flesh is not the same child born of the spirit. <laughs> it's not. So when you function in your own understanding, you will have an Ishmael, not an Isaac. Huh. When you try to mitigate your faith, you will have an Ishmael, not an Isaac. Faith will only produce an Isaac. Trying to help yourself, trying to mitigate that risk, will only produce an Ishmael. And the Bible says, 
that the son of the wrong woman will not receive the promise. That is not the word God gave. You see why it is important to hear from God before you act. This is why it's important to hear from God before you take corresponding action. It's important to hear from God before you take the action of the testifier and make it your own action. Thus, or would the action of the testifier, if you act on it, produce a result for you? Yes, it would. If it is an instruction from God. At times, God gets you to a place where you hear a testimony so you can take that action of faith. Maybe he has been telling you about that action since, but you're not hearing it. So he uses the mouth of a testifier to draw your attention to it. Now, when you act based on that leading, following the actions of the testifier, would you get the result? Yes, you would. The bottom line or the underlining factor here is that it must be spirit-inspired. Whether it's a new action, a different action, or the same action of the testifier, make sure it is from the Spirit of God. And this is what happened to Abraham. When you read Galatians chapter 22 to verse 31, you will see clearly how God rejected each one. God rejected Abraham's mitigation of the risk Abraham so I'm not saying don't act but make sure you act following the lean of the Holy Spirit just that the action Abraham took at that point was wrong but was he acting of course he was acting he was he had to know his wife because if there was no relations with his wife the child would not come so that is action that is necessary that must take place for a child to come so he kept on doing that he should have continued trusting God that one day it will happen for him. Glory, glory be to God. I'm going to end here. The second person I want to talk to you about is Joshua. Joshua had gone to the bank of the promised land at the river called Jordan. And he stepped out from his tent one night to take a look around. And he encountered a man. And the Bible says in that place in Joshua chapter 5 verse 13. That he saw this man. And he asked him, are you for us? Or are you for our adversary? And <laughs> the man responded. He says, nay. Meaning neither. I'm neither for you or for your adversaries. And I thought that was very unique and interesting. Wow. Isn't this the person that I was supposed to have joined the Israelites, back them up in this battle against Jericho? How come he's saying he's neither for them or for the people of Jericho? And it became like this really, really understand it. What is that supposed to mean? Because we know that this person is Jesus Christ. He's the captain of the lost hood because he introduced himself later. How can Jesus, the son of God, the captain of the host of heaven, say he's neither for God's people? It doesn't make sense to me or it didn't used to make sense to me. <laughs> this brings us to the second point. Second point. 
Number one. <laughs> okay, number two. When God gives you the word, gives you what the steps to take, that's the corresponding actions of faith you need to take. Don't delay. Don't delay. Act quickly on it. Act quickly on it. Uh, while I was pastoring in Nigeria, I remember this vividly, and I'll never forget this. One of the church members, a lady, came to me to say that she wanted to start up a business and she had been trusting God for it. In fact, she had written everything down, sort of like a proposal, you know, the name of the company, the, you know, everything, you know, the business plan and all that. But the, that she lacked the impetus to take an action. That is to step out in faith and start the business. So it's beyond a, an eatery, I think. She said she was delaying, delaying, darling. Months passed. I think a couple of years passed. And she said this to me. that One day she came to church. I think a midweek service. And she was going back home. Hmm. Something amazing happened. She said she looked not too far from her house. And she saw a brand new eatery open up. And says, Pastor, what amazed me about this eatery is that it's the exact type of food I've been led to go and do. But that's not even the amazing part. So the amazing part is that the name of the eatery is the same name I have written down some years ago. And says, Pastor, I was perplexed. How is that possible? <laughs> How is that possible? Oh, the Bible says that God has given a word the great is the company that publishes it at times what god is speaking to you to do in your heart is also saying to a lot of people another good example is jesus and his disciples when they were caught in the middle of the sea and the storm was busterous and the wind was all over the place and they were scared that they're going to drown and all of a sudden they saw a figure walking on water long story short it was jesus when they finally identified Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, Master, if it is truly you, bid me come to you. And Jesus said to the 12 disciples in the boat, Come. He did not say, Peter, come. He said, Come. So the 12 disciples in the boat had that word. The question is, we will go all in. <laughs> 11 did not go all in because they had that risk factor at the back of their mind. Only one person went all in. He did, his name was not called, but he took that word for himself. When God's word is being sent, you can personalize it for yourself. Lord, say this, make yourself a target for God's word to hit. Once you make yourself a target for God's word to eat, because what he says to one, he has said to all, the question is, will we stand in faith, join God, with God, to collect the impossibility that will be made possible? And it's exactly what Jesus was telling Joshua. It's a matter for you, not for your adversary. But guess what? What Jesus didn't say, which was said, is that anyone that aligns with me, aligns with God, I am here to ensure 
that they get victory. Oh, I didn't finish reading that place. Art thou for us, that is the Joshua part, or for adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as the captive of the host of the Lord, I now come. <laughs> as the captive of the host of the Lord, I have been sent. So Joshua, he didn't say this, I'm, not, I'm the one adding, Joshua, would you align with me to fulfill God's word? Would you have believed in God's word and go all in? Or would you put one leg in and one leg out? Once you put one leg in and one leg out, then I'm against you. <laughs> there is no risk in faith. And this is why I end. But I thank you for your word. I know the listeners have heard. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. Continue teaching them in their hearts. As they go throughout this week, throughout the day, let these words ring in them till we meet on Tuesday. Father, let them be believers that will put their trust in you 100%. Trusting you, knowing for sure that you will come through for them. Let them get to a point where doubt, fear, worry, and unbelief will no longer hold their hearts hostage. This is my prayer for them. Sweet Spirit, walk and walk in them that will get them to that point where miracles will be their norm. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. And offering is the time to give. And I bless the offerings and ask, Lord, that in blessings, bless this place. Increase them, expand them. Meet all their needs and their wants. Protect them and cover them. No sickness, disease is tolerated around them anymore. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Oh my Lord. There's a lot of things we're going to get into. You're going to understand this faith being a risk the right way. Because you realize truly that faith is in a risk. But are there some things when you step out to walk or or we are trusting God for something. Are there some things or some places where you must mitigate the risk? Yes! Don't miss Tuesday. Hallelujah. Go succeed. Go prosper. For God is with you. Bye-bye.